So it's been it's been what like three or four months since we talked. It has. How are the anxiety attacks? You know what? Um, something clicked in my head, Charles, that I wouldn't have believed it would even be possible. But um, God's honest truth: I have not experienced any anxiety attacks since I talked with you guys. This is How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. As we wrap up 2019 and look ahead to 2020, we wanted to do something a little bit different today. In the last year, we've brought you stories of people who want to change and advice from experts about how to make those changes happen. And this week, we thought we'd check in with some of the listeners who have been on the show to see how the advice we gave them has held up. But we also have another goal. It's New Year's Eve, and so many of you are probably making New Year's resolutions right now. And we wondered if all of our episodes taken together, if they might offer some lessons in how to make change happen and some tips about making your resolutions stick into February and March and maybe all of 2020. For me, small improvements are exciting because that's, that means that improvement is possible. You know, it's like when they do, you know, sled racing, the most important part is breaking the sled from the ice. If you know that you can make one step, that means you can make a hundred. There's a lot of research about New Year's resolutions and about how to create resolutions that work. When we endow our resolutions with a sense of ceremony, it seems to make them last longer. But what matters most is how we structure our New Year's resolutions. And the first big rule is that resolutions like, this year I'm going to get into shape, or, or this year I'm going to save more money, are much much less effective than coming up with a specific plan. In fact, instead of thinking in terms of New Year's resolutions, we're better off thinking about a New Year's plan of action. And the smaller and more specific that plan, the better. On today's episode, we'll look at how previous guests have put these plans into practice. And more important, hear the results. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. We're back with our special episode devoted to making your New Year's resolution stick. And to start, let's turn to some people we met this year who were trying to change their lives. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Remember Jeff in L.A.? He's an aspiring actor who wants to someday star in his own superhero movie. And he's got the charisma and the swagger to do it, but he does not quite look the part yet. And so a few months ago, we gave him a bunch of workout and lifestyle advice. And then we checked in again last week. Okay, so here's the big question. First question, how, how's your body looking, man? It's ridiculous. Sometimes I walk past the mirror and I catch my reflection and, and I back away in fear of myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I look good, man. I look a lot better than the last time we spoke. That's for Yeah? Sure. Yeah. I mean, in part, 
um, based on what we talked about. But also, I started, uh, I'm a circus boy now. I go to the circus and I train in aerial and handstands and acrobatics. Oh my gosh. And I found, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but it's, it's, it was, it was obviously an offshoot from, from everything we spoke about, which was, you know, generally diet, exercise, um, you know, uh, uh, consistency. So I also been doing rock climbing as well because I found that the, the way that I'm getting definition and the, um, the upper body development has just gone through the roof because of those things. Oh you know, my like gosh. That's keeping, amazing. Keeping your own body guessing, you know? So you, it's not just that you're going to play a superhero, you you are like Spider-Man or Batman now. Absolutely. I'm just waiting for a really close relative to die in a horrendous accident so I can <laughs> develop my mutant power. Once that happens, the transformation is complete and uh, I will never go by the name Jeff anymore. It will be Strong Boy. And that's the fun I'm going to keep it boy because, uh, that, you know, that makes me sound a little younger than I am. Strong boy. <laughs> it's going to be a great outfit as well. A lot of spandex, a lot of bright colors. Gold Man tassels. Yeah, on the shoulders. That's on the shoulders. So it's going to be it's going to be great. Our expert for this episode was a personal trainer named Don Saladino. And, and he's best known for getting guys like Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds super buff for their superhero movies. And what Don told us is that the secret isn't just consistent exercise. It's also how you eat. Weight loss is really simple. It's just about maintaining blood sugar levels. How do you mean? The reason why people um, crave junk is because they're undernourishing themselves throughout the day. Your protein source should be roughly the size of your palm. Your carb source could be like your fist and your fat source could be like almost like your your thumb. Okay. Oils or, or nuts, seeds, whatever it is. If I had you eat more calories and I had you eat a balanced diet, you would go into the evening not craving the bread basket or the cookies or you wouldn't be overeating pasta. Your blood sugar level would be maintained. Jeff's been working on this, but but it's been a little hit or miss. So it's easier to eat healthier when you're feeling healthier. But I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, I didn't eat Del Taco last night because I did. <laughs> and, I, and, and it felt good. I'm not going to lie. I sat in my underwear in my bedroom and I ate it like a slob. But I was eating it off abs, which was nice, you know? Right, exactly. Exactly. It's totally, yeah. it's totally. And what, what's interesting is that like, I, I, again, what the research says is that one of the ways to keep, keep a change like this going, it's important is to recognize these baby steps, right? In, in the scientific literature, it's actually referred to as the science of small wins. That when you see right. a small victory, like, like a little bit more definition in your arm or feeling a little bit more healthy, that it gets that much easier to actually do the next small thing until cumulatively you look amazing. Absolutely. And the way you make sure you notice these small victories is to celebrate them by giving yourself some kind of reward when you do that small thing that you intended to do, like like go to the gym three days in a row. Look, the, um, the, the reward system, which um, yourself and Don mentioned last time we spoke, that's actually been built in, but as part of the workout, if that makes sense. So by booking myself into a, you know, a circus class or going down to the rock climbing gym, I'm actually treating that like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm going to do some exercise, but also this is a fun day out. It's like an activity. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel in any way mundane. It feels like a reward. Actually, what I'm doing is rewarding myself with something that I'm going to love doing, but also continues to make me healthier, you know? The other thing Don Saladino told us was that superheroes need a good night's sleep. 
at least seven to nine hours every night. Because if you're not in that range for a long period of time, what's going to happen is hormone levels are going to just start plummeting. So T levels, cortisol levels, all these, the stress hormone in the body, everything is going to start getting out of whack to, you know, burn fat, energy levels, repair, recovery. Okay. So seven to nine. So seven to nine hours a night. When you wake up and you feel great, you want to do more. But what if you can't fall asleep at all? That was our listener Ben's problem. I've had sleep problems for about most of my life. It's like trying to push a a balloon full of air underwater and hold it there. And that's the sense I get when I'm trying to fall asleep. You kind of wake up feeling like a broken pane of glass. You just feel kind of shattered and sort of out of it, like you haven't really closed your eyes all night. Ben had tried just about everything, but, but nothing helped him. And so we introduced him to Andy Puttico, a a former Buddhist monk who recommended Ben try to meditate a little bit every day. He walked Ben, in fact, through a bedtime meditation to help him sleep. And as you're doing this, there's a very good chance that thoughts from the day are going to arise in the mind. Again, we just see them and we just say, okay, for now, we just let them go. Come back to the breath again. And so just by bringing the attention into the body, we start to ground the mind a little bit. Things start to to slow down. And then what I like to do if my mind is really very busy is at this point just to start counting backwards. And for most people, sometime during this process of counting down, they'll slowly drift off to sleep. We checked back in with Ben to see how his nights have been going since we got Andy's advice. So tell me a little bit about what's happened since we chatted about sleeping. Uh, it's been really good. Um, I mean, I got up at 6.30 this morning and went to jiu-jitsu, and I was completely awake <laughs> for that class. Um, and uh, sleep has been more solid. I've been meditating uh, before bed, not in the morning like um, Andy recommended. I'm, I'm going to start doing that too, but... I've just been trying to be more mindful generally like throughout the day, just kind of sort of taking, taking, in, taking in the world instead of um, like, you know, distracting myself with stuff um, and just sort of trying to keep my mind calmer generally, um, which is an easy thing to talk about, but it seems to help. I think just the meditation at night really helps. So something is palpably different, um, but I, I, have, I have a feeling that I have a long way to go with it, but it's definitely better. That's great. That's great. So tell me, tell me about like last night in, in specific, like, like walk me through kind of what, what happened. Uh, well, I did all my usual things like don't eat dinner late and stop looking at screens by, you know, a good hour before and all the normal things. And then after I shower, I usually meditate for about 10 minutes or so. And I get to this kind of state that I've noticed where I feel physically heavier, like my feet and hands kind of feel heavy. It's kind of odd. I go, oh, and that's when it seems to be like I feel like I'm done meditating and I can go to bed. Um, and even if I feel restless in bed, for some reason, the quality of sleep is higher when I do that. Wow. And, and did you wake up at all during the night last night? Um, you know, I once. Okay. Once. So this episode is a little bit to help people sort of think about New Year's resolutions. And mm-hmm. and there's actually a science around New Year's resolutions that it really shouldn't be a resolution. It should be a specific plan, right? That that instead of saying, like, I want to sleep more, 
the right kind mm-hmm. of resolution is to like have a plan for, okay, mm-hmm. you know, an hour beforehand, I'm going to do X and then 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that's been helpful mm-hmm. for you having a, a plan as opposed to just kind of an ambition or a goal? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, well, I had plans before, but now the plans are better. Okay. You know, there's, there's better steps in the plan, but I definitely agree with that idea that people who are just trying to, they just sort of want a thing and they just like, I'm going to go to the gym and they kind of throw themselves at the gym without getting a personal trainer or without getting a diet, seeing a dietitian or without, um, doing all the little steps. I think for sure. Um, you know, if you, if you, I think Dolly Parton talked about, you know, if you want to be success in this world and you want to build your dream, you've got to build it kind of piece by piece before it becomes uh, a real, a real thing. And you've yeah. got to get into the nitty gritty and get a little messy. And that leads us to our next listener, Elizabeth, an American expat living in Portugal. We first spoke to her months and months ago, and her dream was to one day return to America, but she was having a hard time figuring out that nitty gritty. There are things that I love so much about Portugal and things that drive me so crazy about it. And something will happen and I'll just be like, ah, I can't stand this country. I want to go back to the United States right now. Or that moment where you're like, oh my God, I love it here so much. I don't want to ever leave. We introduced Elizabeth to Annie Duke, a professional poker player who says every decision we make is a bet. I think that we think of betting as very specifically confined to, you know, casinos. But all that a bet is, is a decision that's informed by your beliefs about an uncertain future. When Annie says every decision is a bet, what she means is, you're betting on the odds of a future version of yourself. Whichever decision you make is a bet that the future Charles that you're choosing is going to be better off and happier and and win against the future Charles that you're not choosing. So nearly a year later, where is Elizabeth now? I am still in Portugal. Okay. Um, (laughs) But the... uh... Search for jobs in the United States has become uh, 100%. We are working to try to find jobs. I'm, I'm applying for jobs on a regular basis. As oh, that's great. My husband. I feel like the conversation we had lifted the anxiety. Once I sort of put those odds, thought about those odds at both sides of the Atlantic Ocean, it made it clear to me that what I would prefer is to be is to, to work to find a job that I'm happy with in the United States. Yeah. So so it sounds like you used Annie's advice more internally with yourself to try and figure out what are the odds that you put on various futures and how do you pre-mortem your life and backcast your life in terms of staying in Portugal versus moving to the back to the U.S.? Exactly. It just made it very clear to me. So Elizabeth hasn't quite achieved her goal yet, which is totally fine. Not all advice works right away, right? But she's taking baby steps and a few more small wins, and she'll hopefully get there. And after a few small wins ourselves, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with a few more rules for how to choose some self-improvement plans that will actually stick. You should stick around, too. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. 
The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com podcast, or find it wherever you listen. We're back. And the next rule for creating a New Year's plan of action that actually works is kind of paradoxical because what you're supposed to do is anticipate where you are going to fail and then figure out what you'll do when that failure happens. Like take, for instance, Johnny, who, who you might remember as our lovelorn bachelor in Brooklyn. He desperately wanted to impress a date by cooking one perfect meal. And so we brought in Sam Sifton, the New York Times' food editor. What's the one thing Johnny can do that will blow her mind? The plates that he serves on, they're going to be warm. Nine times out of ten, ex-boyfriends trying to impress their girlfriends make their hot food and then put it on cold plates. It's a little shivery, and it's just a bad look. That and napkins. Napkins? Yeah. I mean, I can see in your eyes, Charles, you're making me out as like <laughs> Alan Alda here, like Mr. Sensitive. But I'm telling you that a cloth napkin sends a message that you're not a bad guy. Sam came up with an amazing menu for Johnny, which seemed fancy, but was actually pretty easy to pull off, at least easy enough for both him and me to do it together. Go for it. Looking and good. I can confirm that not only was it delicious, it was kind of foolproof. Amazing. So has Johnny applied his newfound prowess in the kitchen to impressing a young lady? Um, my roommate has been the biggest beneficiary of our episode. If I'm ever making <laughs> something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll make it for two. Uh, and he has been uh, a welcome recipient. Like last night, we were just like watching Sunday Night Football. 
and like got a craving for something. So I just whipped something up quick, some avocado toast, threw some chicken sausage on it and like banged it out. And he was, he was grateful. And um, so, so things like that, 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 that have really, um, that, that's been my main. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and w- when we had talked, you were particularly um, hoping to, to figure out how you might impress some young ladies with uh yeah. with your cooking. Have you have you cooked for any young ladies? I have not cooked for any young ladies oh. yet. No, that's ah. that's definitely that's definitely a New Year's resolution. Um, but first, I have to practice. I have to get my reps in on my roommate, and okay. then maybe relatives, and then can maybe move on to to the ladies. Okay, okay. And and there was one particular young lady we spent a little bit of time talking about. Your um your ex girlfriend did yes. um did she hear the episode? She did hear the episode, um, and and she quite enjoyed it. Uh, she shared it with friends and family. <laughs> Um, after that, things kind of, you know, mellowed out. Gotcha. So, so there, there is no, uh, there's no reuniting with the ex over the power of a, of a chicken thigh. Unfortunately not, but. I'm sure there are other young women out there who will someday be overwhelmed joyously by your ability to use a rice maker and, um. No, so, so that actually has been been huge for me yeah like sam sifton said you just said it and forget it i get so much use out of that i i am eternally grateful to you for that um <laughs> that actually made a big difference so johnny has yet to achieve major change in the kitchen or in his dating life but that's okay he's taking those baby steps anticipating his failures and still trying to get better and all of this brings us to our last rule about creating the right kind of change for 2020 You should find some good advice and someone to change with you if you can, and then commit to it. When we started this show, we weren't sure if simply exposing people to smart experts would actually make all that much of a difference. But then we started calling people in the last month to find out what had happened after they had been on How To, and we found that many of them had changed. A lot. That change was particularly profound for folks like Matt from Texas, who was experiencing daily anxiety attacks which he had been dealing with for years since the death of his oldest daughter, McKenna, who had special needs. Hey, Matt. Hey, Charles. Hey, how how are are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Oh, I'm so (laughs) glad to hear that. Things are coming along pretty well. That's fantastic. So it's been, it's been, what, like three or four months since we talked? It has. So, so tell me, how are the anxiety attacks? You know what? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed that it would even be possible. But um, God's honest truth, I have not experienced any anxiety attacks. Believe it or not, since uh, I talked with you guys, and oh my gosh, and it's so weird because something clicked in my head, Charles. I don't know if it was you guys hearing it and then saying, "Matt, that's okay that you're doing that because." You've been through a lot, you know, that sort of like verification of, of, yeah, you're in pain. It's okay to, to freak out. Um, whatever that was in my, in my head, it clicked and I have been using the techniques that the doctor gave me there on, on the phone with you. Emotions don't wear a watch and emotions mm. don't know what time it is. 
and okay. your emotions over all of these things start coming out in these different ways. And one of the things that I would recommend very concretely is to actually, I would shut off your phone, like literally <clears throat> shut it off for periods of time during the day. Every time Matt's phone buzzed, it, it triggered this panic attack since that's how he used to hear bad news about his daughter. And so we introduced him to Dr. Ben Michaelis, a, a clinical psychologist who gave him some simple techniques to try out when he felt his anxiety rising. And Matt says they've been working. I stand up when I, when I feel a little bit of pressure. I'll stand up. I'll walk around. I'll literally talk to myself and say, hey, this is just uh, your body's freaking out. Just relax. And for the longest time, I had to really consciously do that. And now when I feel uh, a little bit of that coming back or if I'm super busy or super stressed out, I have some really good coping mechanisms that have just been miraculous for us. I'm like, so miraculous. happy to hear that. That I, yeah. ah, that is such great news, Matt, because I know that this was weighing on you so much. Oh, man. It, it, I mean... I don't have to to bring a, an extra shirt to work anymore. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big one, you know it. I don't uh, I don't sit there and 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 sweat over and over again. Um, of course, my wife has been just so supportive through all this. If she didn't want me stressing either, and when she would see me start to spiral or. Uh, once she figured out, honestly, by, by really listening to the podcast a couple of times and us talking, she figured out, hey, sometimes I just need to send one text message and let it, let it sit. And then when you get it, you'll respond, and I know you'll respond. And it really helped. And now, honestly, I don't grab my phone and go, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> here it goes. Um, it's, it's really been... It's really been life-changing, Charles. One thing that Matt's story demonstrates is something psychologists have learned. There's this temptation to believe that we ought to know how to change on our own, that we should be able to figure out how to exercise more, or cook a perfect meal, or fall asleep. Because after all, other people do this on their own all the time, so why can't we? But what the research shows is that having someone to give us good advice, even if it's just a podcast offering a weekly tips or a friend to talk things through with, it can make a huge difference. If nothing else, sometimes just listening to another person describe their problems can help you reframe your own struggles in a new way, making it easier to see new solutions. And Matt is putting that into practice with others. There's a family with a a child with uh, special needs and medical needs. And essentially they called and said, teach us. <laughs> uh, uh, they said, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We're totally freaked out and we have no idea where to start. And uh, the husband was in the mindset of uh, just being very real with me, transparent with me. Hey, I I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Like, I can't handle this. I can't handle a sick kid, you know? And what we told him, the, the couple, was that it's these times that you're going to really grow. It's not in the, the easy times that you grow as much. It's the, it's the combat, man. It's the daily warfare 
that you hone your skills. And um, I just applied that, you know, to him. Hey, you're going to freak out. You're, you're dealing with this, this issue that's not going to go away tomorrow. So are you going to go away tomorrow? That doesn't make any sense. And, uh, and, and honestly, he, he broke down right there in front of, in front of his uh, wife and kids and apologized uh, mm-hmm. to them. And, and we have to, you know, we, we talk every couple of days and, and we have developed this kind of unique relationship where we can be completely honest with each other. And I think that's something I took away from you guys, Charles, was hmm. just being honest. Yeah. And I'm sure you're making a huge difference in his life by being there and, and being available for him. That's it, man. I mean, I, I, I told you guys, I really want to help. And I mean, I, like I said, I was a pastor for 10 years. I mean, I spent 10 years investing in people. Um, but to have some people invest in me back was very life-giving. Matt's story is so gratifying to hear, in part because it sort of shows how much people can change. And that to make our plans really stick, it's so helpful to share them with another person. Study after study has shown that when people try to create new habits, if they do so in a group, even if the group is as small as two people, it can make a huge difference. So as you think about 2020, you should think about finding a workout buddy or or someone to cook with you, or maybe even a podcast listening group. Thank you to all of our listeners who have shared their stories with us this past year, and especially those who gave us updates on how things are going. And most of all, thank you to you, our listeners, for making this show happen and for supporting us with your comments and your reviews and our very best wishes in making all your hoped-for changes become reality in 2020. With the new year comes new problems, and so we want to hear from you. Send us a note at howtoitslate.com and we might be able to help. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant and Merrick Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Asha Saluja and Sung Park. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year.